Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Those viewers on Facebook this morning are seeing our newest armchair quarterback, Mr. Odie. Good morning, guys. Mr. Odie, I like it. What what did y'all what did y'all name Mr. Odie after? Am I missing something? He just looks like Odie with his ears from uh, the old cartoon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. So we got Mr. Odie joining us today, and we got Timus Wooten back with us at the top of the next hour. We are should have a pretty damn good show for us today. We were talking college football, the, the championship games. We're talking the NFL, some of the lines there. And Dominique Foxworth, what the hell were you doing? You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's my stake, Valance. But you heard him, dude. Pick it up. Pilgrim, hold it. I said you, Valance. You pick it up. Three against one, Donovan. My boy, Pompey. The kitchen door. I'll get it, Liberty. I said you, Liberty. You pick it up. What's the matter? Everybody in this country killed crazy? Here! There! Now! It's picked up! Why don't you get yourself a fresh steak on me? Show's over for now. Try it, Liberty. Just try it. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. With a cool one in his head. Hey, howdy, hi. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Uh... We, as you know, uh, we, we, we lost one of our members last week, and uh, we got a new addition, so, uh, man, Puppy sure are man's best friends. But back to my intro that uh, I fumbled, uh, Puppy decided to do things in a different way. Uh, I don't know much, but I know one thing. I don't normally hang out with Gators or Red Sox fans, but when I do, they're team is Wooten. Welcome back, sir. I can't wait to uh, hear you later, and uh, that's a treat for everybody. Thank you for your service, brother. Yeah, we we uh, team and I are working out the details, but he should be a regular uh, contributor again. Uh, we're we're going to figure out what day and whatnot after today's show. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I've talked to him, I think once, maybe twice on the phone since he's been back, mostly through text. I I try to give him space because, to be honest with you, I just assumed you're not home for almost a year. For people who, who are just tuning in, not knowing what we're talking about, Sergeant Timus Wooten was a regular contributor on the show. He uh, was serving our country in the U.S. Army overseas, and that's all I'm at liberty to get into. If, if he wants to divulge anything else, he can later on. But uh, he just recently got back, and the it's funny. He, he reached out to me. He, he said, I want, I'd like to come back. I'd like to be honest with you. I was thinking about calling you the other day, and I opened up Facebook, and he was visiting family in Georgia. I was like, that's not a good time to be calling someone, right? So, uh, 
we are excited to have him back, and uh, he is fired up about his Red Sox. <laughs> so it'll be a lot of fun. Justin, did you get a chance? And I would hit you hit, hit you up with this to give you more of a heads up. But I caught it so late last night, I didn't know if I'd be waking you up. Did you see this thing about Dominic Foxworthy and uh, well, Clay Clay Helton and Outkick the coverage is one that brought to everyone's attention. I guess he he was on a podcast. This is why I didn't never didn't, didn't see it. It's an ESPN podcast, and the ones that I have listened to or know of of ESPN podcasts, they are extremely. I guess most people would call it woke. I think a lot of people would, would call them borderline racist podcasts. Okay, and uh, have you seen this or heard this? Uh, I've seen the headline. Uh, I haven't dove into okay. it. Okay, first so thing this morning, right I, show. So I was actually able to get a hold of it. This is this is a part of the podcast. I don't know which one it is. It doesn't matter. They're all. I think it might be the one where the ex basketball player who got in so much trouble earlier this year with some of the things that he said uh i think it might be his podcast but it might be a different one it might be one that dominique actually does i don't know i don't follow their podcast because it's like listening to the old jamel hill podcast there's just no way in hell i'm sitting through 45 minutes of that junk um but this is what he said and and then i'll tell you what what the rebuttal was by outkick the coverage why uh Clay Travis is so upset. Let me go ahead and play the clip first. It's based on the people that are defending Josh Allen. I would be 100% lying if I said that when Josh does something dumb, a little part of me doesn't get happy. And it's not because I want Josh to succeed. It's because the people who are telling me that Josh is the second coming and Josh is better than everybody are people with American flags and dogs and skull and crossbones in their asses. And then if you go just take a dip into their tweet history, it's some really concerning Okay, so for people that couldn't quite understand that, I might play it later, but um, what he said was Dominic Foxworth is a a contributor for ESPN. He's on their payroll, and that's one of the things that that has Mr. uh, Clay Travis so fired up is the fact that he says things like this, nothing happens to him. And what what he essentially got into and said was that the reason why he pulls against Josh Allen, and for people who don't know Dominic Foxworthy, he's an African-American ex-NFL player, and, and he's been a, a contributor on ESPN for years. I'm a little surprised that Clay Travis didn't know who he was, but not the point of the story. He basically is saying that the reason why he does not – pull for Josh Allen is because he doesn't like his fans who are white that have the American flag in their avatars. I I, I think he's talking about on Twitter. Maybe he's talking about Instagram, but having on their profile pictures, avatars, whatever you want to call them, they have the American flag in the background. They have a dog. So Justin's coming right for us, right? Um, And then the, the other one, I didn't get the skull and crossbones. I mean, is he talking about someone who's working in the medicine industry is keeping you from, uh, you know, e- eating poison? I don't know what the skull and co- crossbones was because the skull and crossbones that I'm thinking of, when someone says skull and crossbones, I think of the underground uh, 
almost like Illuminati type of organization that has been linked to almost every single president. I think I think Donald Trump's one of the first non-Illuminatis to become, I'm sorry, non-Skull uh, and Crossbones to become president. Because even Barack Obama was a Skull and Crossbones. I don't think he's talking about that. Well, basically what Travis said was, what he fired back on was, if someone said something similar, if, if a white ESPN analyst said something similar about not liking and pulling against Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's fans because he didn't like them. He didn't like what they were about. He said, and he's pretty dead on, this person would be fired within five minutes. And you would get nothing but the the woke crowd, the cancel culture coming after who would have ever said it. And then also to to that point they you would have led into every game this week of what did you what did you think of what was said about Lamar Jackson right so now that I've caught you up to speed what say you I know that was a long way to get there but we're here now man Kurt Schilling got fired and Doug Alder for uh I mean but less comments but uh well I, I don't know um well that's an amazing statement and no backlash from ESPN or I haven't seen any or any firings this morning. So, uh, yeah, that's, it's a pretty unique stance to have as a company. And, and it makes me wonder just, I, I've never been a big fan of Foxworth because he has said other things that I've complained about on this very show that he gets away with saying that are, you could, you could look at him as a racist. He is also one of the people Speaking of dogs, he is one of the people that uh, glossed over and forgave Michael Vick and thinks the whole thing is silly because he was out there killing dogs, right? Now, Michael Vick wasn't physically out there killing dogs, but you know what I mean. He, he was out there running a dog fighting ring and it was leading to a lot of dogs' deaths. So he defended that, but yet he turns around it's because someone has a dog in their in their avatar. I, I don't get that. They have a dog, and then they got the American flag. That's a bad thing. I just I do not get what the hell this is coming from. But I I have to agree with Clay Travis and Outkick in the fact that if anyone said that of, of on the other side of the spectrum that, that we just talked about, they they would go after him in a heartbeat. It would it would be all over. That's all you would see blinking on the bottom line on ESPN yesterday, right? I, I don't think it's because it's one of their own. I think it's because it is the other side of the cancel culture spectrum, and you're just not going to see them go after him. Do you think anything happens to this guy? You think he gets suspended? Anything? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I would think you would have already had so had a comment by now if uh, if you were going to do it. I mean, they, we've seen in the past that uh, they don't they don't mess around with, with on-air comments and uh, they'll yank somebody immediately. I mean, the last uh, – I can't think of one other than the Doug Alder, Venus Williams, uh, where he made the guerrilla tactics comment, uh, not spelled like the animal. He wasn't using that, and uh, I think his wrongful defamation showed that. But, uh, yeah, they, they made an instant snap judgment on uh, just a word choice there. And uh, – because they interpreted it one way, uh, yeah. 
so in this instance you would think you would already have have something similar and uh, you just you just haven't seen it I don't think you will it's a different time I mean it's two years later <laughs> yeah I just, they, they, the whole thing just dumbfounds me but I want to make sure that I put a light to that the reason I, I thought about going this big rant about it but I'm like you know what it doesn't matter because no matter what we say no one gives a damn right I, I just I find it very interesting that you one bring either narrative into your, your sports platform due to the fact of you don't have butts in the seat in the stands um, you're trying to get viewership you want them you don't want to alienate half your base um, but it just seems to be just hard-headed at the top and they just keep plowing forward and at this point nothing seems to surprise me anymore and then really uh, dumbfounds me i mean when we were growing up there were bases there were just certain things you didn't talk about in day-to-day life uh there, there were some major rules in work uh the workplace things you didn't and uh now uh it's just if that's uh, depends on which side of the agenda at the top uh whether you can talk about it at work there's another interesting piece that that y'all might want to uh, check out too on outkick uh I have no issue, by the way, with people. Someone asked me the other day. They inboxed me and said, "Are y'all are y'all getting paid by Outkick?" Now, I have no issue of promoting uh, good content and people that are doing good things. I have no issue with sending people their way, right? Um, maybe maybe one day they'll return the favor because they have a hell of a lot, hell of a lot bigger, as, as they call it, social media thumbprint than we do. So, <laughs> but there's another interesting, I. I saw him do a rant, but I'm not sure if he did an article, but Clay Travis yesterday talking about Jamel Hill and she had a, I guess she has a television show on Spike TV or Vice TV or something. I don't know. Something that I didn't know still existed anymore. And she had, what's, what is the white fighter's name? Something Paul that, 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 that knocked someone out, uh, they knocked an ex-basketball player out like, I don't know, two weeks ago. Anyways, they're talking about him having another fight, and it's going to be a much bigger deal. It's going to be a pay-per-view. People are talking about, don't watch it. It's going to be a fraud. He, I guess the guy's a I don't know who he is, but they say he was a YouTuber, and now he's boxing. I don't really know. But um, anyways, I guess she had him on the show and made a joke about, is it racist that he knocked out a black fighter or you know, a black person? It was yucking it up, and Travis's issue with that is that you can't be leaning in and calling everything racist for the last several years, and then all of a sudden pop up and make a joke about it because people don't know if you're joking or not, right? The, because the whole, everything you've done is a joke is essentially what, what he was saying. It's a, it's an interesting. I I don't have as much of a, an opinion on that one. Me, I'm like, if she's yucking it up, let her yuck it up. I don't care. You know, all four people, you know, might have gotten a laugh out of that on the show. It, it, it was a television station that I know I don't have, and I and I thought it was extinct. It was either Spike or Vice TV. And I was like, yeah, see, I, I don't have any problems with those outlets. Just like there's probably outlets that I go out of my way to watch that no, other people have. No, Jamal Hill probably doesn't know exist. Right. Uh, she's not watching the same channels I probably watch. Um, and to each their own. This is a country based off choice. But when a major ESPN and yes. a flagship is forcing agenda down your throat, that's a it's a totally different story. Especially when you see a complete bias on how one situation is handled versus another and the really only outlying difference I can see is race. 
Right. Uh, so it, it's it's really it's really frustrating. But uh, hopefully, uh, maybe they'll go woke and broke and rechange their uh, philosophy and uh, cut a lot of that out. Someone with some money and some vision is missing out on the ability to steal a lot of viewership from ESPN. I always thought it was going to be Fox Sports. I thought they would be the one that would step in and make make the big-time commitment. They have not. They've kind of wavered and sat on the fence, right? You think they're going to put different kind of content, and then they kind of put the same junk out there, right? If you're an ESPN person, you're probably a Colin Cowherd person, right? It's there's There's no one... It would make more sense to me for them to put OutKick on Fox Sports Talk, right? Like in the afternoon or, or or what have you. I think I think those are the most that late morning are usually the most common ones. I'm surprised they have not put him on there with someone and do an actual talk show. I know he pops up on it makes cameos all over the place, but something like that. I'm surprised that they have not taken advantage of that because people are way past first take. First take, I don't know how the hell it's still on because most people I, that I know and talk to uh, from all walks of life, they haven't watched it since Skip Bayless left because they like the infighting between Steven and Skip, right? Max Kellerman has just lost them. And anyways, someone down the road is going to have some vision and say, man, if we can start bringing some, some real... You don't have to have the games necessarily. Get the content of the talk show to get people in, and then maybe you build that money up, and then down the road, who the hell knows, five, ten years from now, you you might have a Major League Baseball or basketball contract to bring bring the games in. But people, there's so many options now, they no longer get stuck in just putting it on a channel, right? Everyone's down to flip around. And, yeah, you're going to watch ESPN because they have access to your college football games, et cetera. But you would flip over if you knew that there was something better than what the hell is on. I, I can't watch it in the morning when I get done. It's by default. It goes to, to, the, to that to that to that channel, and I get it on anything but that. I'll put it on. I'll put it on Major League Baseball rerun of of Trouble with the Curve for the thirty fifth hundred time that they've played during the off season. I, I'll watch that before I, I listen to Max Kellerman get up there and. Get woke on us. All right, let's take that quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some college football lines. The championship games, they are here, and we're excited about it. We got some ideas on where you might want to lay that hard-earned cash. We'll be back in a flash on the Armchair Quarterbacks. You dumped a porn star? Friendship over. Friendship over! Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service? Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Make sure to listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks, Drive Time, Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook Live, and make sure to tap that app, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, Google Android, Apple iPhone, 
Good enough for us down here in the Bayou. Go Tigers and the armchair quarterbacks. Hey sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game. Make sure to keep it locked in here on Armchair Quarterback Radio. We're not one-trick ponies. We cover the entire NFL Past and present. Third down and six at the nine. And Bo Jackson to the 20 and out in front. And only one man to beat and easily can't run him down. He had the angle, but there goes Bo. And nobody catches Bo. Touchdown. <laughs> Dion. into giant territory oh. and leave it to Dion to break it open for a touchdown. What a run! Dion comes in as a receiver. Sanders. And they're going his way but there's double coverage and somehow Dion is able to beat the coverage. The intercepted by Sanders. Can he score again? Yep. There he goes. Dion Sanders. 71 yards. And so for Dion to a 59-yard punt return for a TD, a 55-yard pass reception, a 39-yard punt return, and a 71-yard interception return. Oh, my God. I'm really sorry. I was in the pool! I was in the pool! Harold neighbors swear they're certain she slept her way to the top. She knows you don't get where you go unless you got something got. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. And uh, National Signing Day was yesterday, was yesterday, Justin. A lot of big things happened. Um... Uh, Miami got their quarterback, uh, Jake Garcia, out of Loganville, Georgia. Wonder how long before he transfers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Brian, got to zing you. Um, the uh, the other big news. Uh, well, it was pre-signing day for Florida State. Was the acquisition of Milton for people to forget him, the quarterback that led the country in passing two years ago at UCF back when they won their national championship, right? Uh, he had that devastating injury and missed all of 2019. And then this year ended up opting out because he wasn't going to be ready till about midway through the season with COVID and so many people dipping out on the, on the season, he decided to, to essentially sit this one out and live to fight another day. And he is transferring to Florida state. 
So he'll he'll be a one and done rental, but they'll hope to get like Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna numbers out of him for one year. So Florida State fans are excited about them. I think by the time it's all said and done, the way it's projected, Florida State will actually probably end up in the top twenty five in ranking recruiting rankings. Right now they're sitting at thirty eighth according to rivals, but they still have several scholarships to go and they're they have a lot of guys that they're bringing in on juco transfer and whatnot so i think florida state's actually going to look better than i thought they would uh several weeks ago mike norville got a couple of guys to flip and the quarterback that they lost to old miss he 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 picked old miss essentially because milton decided to go to florida state so you can't blame the kid he wants to start right away, and he figures he's going to sit behind Milton. And then, of course, they also have Chubba Hubbard and uh, a couple other players there. So uh, what jumped out at you with the uh, Tennessee class? They dropped from 10th to 15th uh, going into this with all the decommitments with the rough season that we had here. So all the momentum that was gained uh, was – Pretty much a setback. Uh, it, it wasn't a disappointing class. Uh, you know, you still got today and tomorrow, but uh, and then hopefully you can seal the deal in February. Um, looks like Tennessee's going to need it, but they they missed out on the top talent in the state. They let Clemson come in and grab a tight end, and I think Ole Miss stole another. I mean, Ole Miss, especially with the addition of Lane Kiffin, is uh, really taking over and heating up the Memphis, the western side of the state. You know, a lot of people think that. Tennessee just owns the state of Tennessee, but that Western part has more affiliations with Arkansas and Memphis than uh, they actually do with Knoxville. So I like to see the program get in there, but uh, that's the big kicker right there. You just lost a lot of talent that uh, we don't know what's going to sign up. I mean, Aaron Willis is the uh, early signee outside linebacker. Um, Kareem Marley, the uh, two-way player. Are, are the two biggest ones, but uh, n nothing really jumping out that uh, was going to drive home. Walker Merrill, the local kid out of Brentwood, uh, wide receiver, could be a uh, big addition there. William Parker, Pearl Cone, um, offensive tackle, that was a good get there out of the Nashville area. He's a three-star recruit. Um, no fives landed quite yet. Uh, don't know that there will be in this class, but it looks like they're going to be pretty solid with uh, five or six, four stars if uh, these all turn to fruition. Biggest thing with Florida State that I'm excited about is that they've got three offensive linemen already, and there's supposed to be a few more that they're going after. And then they had a pretty good haul with their defensive backfield and – especially Hunter Washington that everyone is excited about. Hunter Washington comes out of Katy, Texas. He's a four-star. Some people actually have him as a five-star. He's supposed to be the real deal. And Chambray uh, Jackson, defensive end out of, floor, out of Orlando, Florida, he is a big one that they are uh, really interested in. Defensive end, 6'4", 255. And there was – I think he's the one that – Yes, he's the one that was originally put down as a possible linebacker, but at 6'4", they're expecting him to actually grow a couple more inches. So he is going to be an interesting find. We'll get more into the re uh, recruiting as it all comes in later on down the road. Let's go ahead and switch over to uh, – well, Oh, go, go ahead. 
to your point about the linemen, that's one thing that uh, I think is glaring. It looks like there's three uh, three signed yesterday plus a tight end. So with replacing what you have next year, you're going to need a, or what you're going to lose out this year. Unless Pruitt has some master plan, he's going to get everybody to come back and with, with the free year, uh, you need a lot more depth offensive line. Of all the names that that have surprised me, school names that is that are ranked up there. So remember when this all started back in the summer, Hell Tennessee was being talked about as the first or second best recruiting class in the country. They fell, but the one in a good way that surprised me because I thought Tennessee would end up top ten. Oregon sitting there at number five. That's that's interesting to me because Oregon They've not had a great year. They're going to the Pac-12 championship game because the Pac-12, <laughs> they just gave it to them. They're, they didn't win it on the field. But uh, anyways, uh, Oregon being number five in front of teams like Clemson and Florida and in and even Pac-12, they're, they're, they're higher than Southern Cal at this point. That's an interesting one to me. It's always going to be interesting to see how it falls out. This year, especially because I don't think as many people are making as many early decisions and commitments. Uh, Miami's number nine, so they got to like what's going on there. Rivals has Ohio State second, Alabama first. I saw a couple of publications that actually had Ohio State first. I guess it just really comes down to who you have as a four, who you have as a five. North Carolina fell down to 16. There was rumors that they could be in the top 10. And then Ole Miss shot up to 18th when they were hanging out in the 40s pretty much all year. I But I expected a decent recruiting class for Lane Kiffin, didn't you? Uh, I did as well. Um, and I'm not buying into a lot of the hoopla that uh, he's leaving for Auburn either, are you? No. Why would you leave what? Ole Miss to go to Auburn? No way. No way I would. Um, he's already established there. He, he knows the markets from – I mean, why would you want to be the second best school in your state? He's got an opportunity to be the best and own the state of Mississippi. It's the same thing. Like, I'm not buying the Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon to go to Auburn. Why would you do that? Oregon is its own machine in its own state, and they're always top two, top three in their conference every year. Why would you go to Auburn to fight to hopefully one day be the best team in your own division? Well, that one could just be Cristobal telling his agent, hey, man, get me out of Oregon. <laughs> can why? you land me something with similar dollars and get me out of here but why why i wouldn't why? want to live in oregon it has nothing to do with football but that's oregon's got a lot there. of money man i mean shh, that's that's nike land or they'll pay cristobal and he can build a fort and a gate and everything else to keep the weirdos out he doesn't have to worry about it now you know the poor son of a guns like us don't want to live in oregon but he someone like that kind of money doesn't matter where you live you could live like right in the heart of Los Angeles. It doesn't matter. You're going to build a high enough gate and fort with a moat around it, snapping gators and stuff around it. They're, they're never going to get in. They're never going to get in. So um, the one thing, if you can get Cristobal to come over this way, he has a pipeline of recruiting in the state of Florida. And that's why Willie Taggart was being, was being brought in. Because he was just bring Cristobal, and then Cristobal pulled the okie doke in FSU. One of the reasons why they got so mad at the at the administration at the time, and they're like, "That should have been set in stone." Of he comes with, if he doesn't come with, we don't want you. And and so it set back the program two years. Hell, it really set him back five years. It's because Willie did such a terrible job of recruiting. Um, 
College football lines going into the weekend. There are some, obviously this is a championship weekend. I did not know that there were this many Friday games. There are one, two, three, four games on Friday. The big one, of course, is the Pac-12 championship. But you've got Nebraska and Rutgers, Ball State, Buffalo, and Marshall is hosting UAB. I know those last two doesn't most people have never probably watched their programs play, but I find that interesting that there's four games on on Friday night. Um, let's go ahead and start with. I guess we'll start with the big one. Florida State's at Wake Forest. No, I'm joking. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the SEC title game, Florida. What I saw was. I've got Florida as a 17-and-a-half-point dog. Do you have something different? I've got it at 17. Okay. So, regardless, it's right there. It's like it started at 14, moved to 17. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I th I think Alabama's going to cover that. I agree. Um, I've, I've actually laid a little skin on that. Uh, Alabama minus 17. I like it that much. I don't know about the over-under. That thing just keeps creeping up. So, it's at 74 and a half right now is what Woo! I'm showing. Yeah. But, I mean, can you bet the under on those two no, offenses? There's, <laughs> I mean, there's no way I'm touching the under because, <laughs> okay, so the way they have it laid out here with the team totals, they're predicting essentially like a 45-28 win by Alabama, which takes you to 73. That doesn't sound high scoring enough. I think I think Florida will find its way because they'll be behind to score about thirty five, and Alabama will be in the fifties. That Florida defense, that Florida defense is not going to be able to stop Alabama. The only way this changes, Alabama has to turn the ball over several times. That's the only way that that you get. If I'm coaching the Florida defense this week, I'm like, look guys, let's go ahead and put the bar, the, the, uh, everything up in the bar. We know we're not shutting them down. That, that ship sailed way back in, in September. This defense, we all know guys, come on now. So we're not gonna worry about tackling today. We're going to worry about, we're going to go after the ball. Every, every play is just trying to strip the ball out. Don't worry about trying to tackle the guy. Don't worry about, worry about your coverage. Don't worry about being in the right place at the right time. Don't worry about filling the A gap or the B gap. You just worry about stripping that damn ball. And the, and, the, and that would be my theory. I'm, like, I'm getting fired anyway, so let's just go for it. Ready? Go. And then on offense, we're going to practice two-point conversions because that's the only way we're going to win. <laughs> if you have to go straight last Boy Scout about it, bring a pistol out there on the field, I don't care, man. Get the ball. Just get the ball. <laughs> if we can get the ball back in Trask's hands enough, we have a shot. But – we're going to have to out they're going to have to have like five or six turnovers for Florida to have a chance. I, I think, cause I, I think that's how lopsided it's going to be. They're going to continue to move the ball down the field. Florida's going to stammer and stutter a couple of times and they're going to look up and it's going to be halftime. It might be 45, 28 at the half. Is this game your Heisman race? The Heisman left the building when, when, when Trask lost to LSU at home. That's it, man. It's it, it's if they he doesn't play defense though. I mean, he put the points on the board and he can't hamp the kid through the shoe. He, I he, mean, he, he had he had what two or three interceptions. He yeah, had a bad game. It was against LSU. If it was a bad game against a good team, okay. But LSU has not been good this year. They haven't. But even with that rival, I mean, I, 
you know that goes deep. The problem is compare his stats to Mac Jones's stats I, against LSU. Mac Jones I got blew him out the water. That that's the problem. If if they never played each other, I'd say yeah, you get a chance. But all you have to do is because well, let's go to common opponents. Wait, what the hell happened here in the LSU game? And that's it. That, and it happened too late in the year. If he pulled that in September, we would forget about it. Gotcha. You know. Pitts was out, wasn't he? Does that factor in at all? Do you, do you give him a little bit of they give, wiggle room? They give Pitts the Heisman like I've been saying all year long. Okay. You know? I just – I don't I, – I'm trying to it. find some competitive uh, thing out of this game on Saturday, and uh, if, the Heisman race is about the only thing he, I can if think he of. Could beat, if he could beat Alabama, and his stats in that game were, were that much more impressive, then I could see the argument. But I have an issue voting for him when he lost at home to a far inferior team and had a bad game. It wasn't like LSU couldn't just not be stopped. There were several times that LSU was stopped. Florida just did not deliver, and Trask did not deliver. So I'd be shocked. And Alabama's number one team in the country. He was already fighting an uphill battle. The next one would be Ohio State, Northwestern. Northwestern's getting 20 points. What do you think about that one? Because I think Ohio State's going to be looking for style points. Yeah, I'm going to take Ohio State uh, minus the 20, 20 and a half, whatever it's at uh, all day. I think they run away with that. Over-unders at 57, I'm staying away from that. I can literally see this a 45-7 ball game. And – that's Ohio State, by the way. Northwestern didn't put 45 on anybody. And that game's in the dome, the uh, the Colts dome at Lucas Oil. So I think that's going to make it even that much more difficult. I, th- I think the Ohio State speed's just going to be flying all over the place. Uh, Clemson giving up 10.5 to Notre Dame. That's kind of juicy. I'm a little surprised by that. I thought it would be closer to a touchdown. I'm going to take Clemson on the points again. I like Clemson at the 10 and a half. I think this is a close ball game. I don't think Clemson runs away, but I think at the end, Clemson will win out this time. I think they're they're, they're going to have, they're going to have their man. Uh, Lawrence is going to run it down, or take it down the field and, and have the drive. And, you know, you, you, you'll get your big difference maker there. I think Clemson will win the game. They'll find a way, but at 10 and a half, I, th- I think I might be leaning with Notre Dame. That's, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame on the ten and a half. Definitely. Clemson finds a way, but that's that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, let me see. And this line started at seven and a half, and it's grown. I would honestly think about taking Oregon plus three. To be honest with you, really? Yes, because USC is the ultimate smoke and mirrors, and I don't. I just don't. They haven't played. Their schedule has been terrible because of uh, cancellations, and the ones that they've won have they've all been nail biters. I don't see how this is any any different. I don't. I haven't watched enough Pac-12 to uh, decipher there, so I would throw a dart and roll with the over sixty-four. That's thirty-two, thirty-two right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Pac-12 game, no defense. All right, well, it's 42 past the hour, so we're going to go ahead and get into what's happening because I know you got uh, a couple things to uh, 
to uh, take care of. We'll see you here back in the one second. It's time for what's happening in the world. Uh, a lot of people probably missed this, but uh, BYU is heading to the Boca Raton Bowl. That game will be played on the 22nd. So we're talking about, I guess that's Tuesday at 7 p.m. They, they will face the Central Florida Golden Knights. So should be a pretty decent ball game, but glad to see BYU is getting to go to a bowl game. I think they deserved a better bowl game than that, but there's been so many cancellations that I would say that's the reason why. Top MLB prospects for the 2021 draft have been set out there and a couple of names of interest. Vanderbilt's Kumar Rocker is looked upon as the overall favorite right-handed pitcher for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Pittsburgh has the number one draft. Texas is looking at possibly grabbing Jordan Lawler. He's a five-tool high school shortstop in the state of Texas, so that would work out well. Miami Hurricanes catcher Adrian Del Castillo. Pay attention to him this year when college baseball comes back. The Detroit Tigers are in line to grab him. Uh, Judd Fabian from the Florida Gators, outfielder, power hitter, does have a low batting average, but they like his pop in the Red Sox are in line for the number four pick. And the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles, could be looking at Jordan Hill of LSU, right-handed pitcher. The Major League Baseball adds Negro Leagues to the MLB records. And so, on the surface, I think this is an okay thing. But my concern is this. The context on which these records are going to be put in it's going to lose the historical value on both sides of the spectrum. You take someone like Josh Gibson, who was rumored to have hit between 80 and 82 home runs one season. That sounds phenomenal. But then when you do a deeper dive, he played well over 200 games that year because of barnstorming tours. The, the guesstimation is somewhere around the 225 range, give or take 10 or so games. So let's say it's 225. Let's say it's as low as 225. Most people believe it's closer to around 240. 82 home runs in an extra 100 games. Babe Ruth hit 60 in 154. So you see already the disparities in Babe Ruth's home runs were all against Major League Baseball pitchers in games that matter. These barnstorming games, they were a joke. They were an absolute joke because they would they would find semi-pro guys to play against the big names like the Josh Gibsons and Satchel Pages as they as they roamed around from town to town to bring people out. And the whole point was to have offense. So these guys were just laying them in there. It's 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 a travesty on that end. And then also, I just find that this is just showbiz, showbiz tactics. This is your typical showbiz tactics. For Major League Baseball, man fraud once again has dropped the ball on this because there's a, there's a couple of things I'm looking at. A, when you eliminate separate records, you are basically eliminating the past. You are trying to erase the fact that, that there were separate leagues. And realize the Negro Leagues was not just one league. It was several leagues that ran between the, the years of 1920 and 1948. 
So we're not talking about adding the records of one league. He's adding the records of every league that, that existed from 1920 to 1948. So where does that end? Do you add leagues that were not Major League Baseball leagues? There, there were several uh, off, off leagues, white leagues all around the United States that, that, that came at that same time. My fear is this. You erase the Negro Leagues because you add their numbers and try to lop them in with the Major League Baseball stats of that era. You erase the history of the, of the Negro Leagues. And they don't see it yet because the Negro Leagues Museum applauded the whole thing. But what it's going to do, it's eventually going to erase the Negro League Baseball Museum, Museum which I went to in Kansas City, about a decade ago, incredible, incredible experience. And that's my fear. You start separate, you start combining and you don't keep the statistics separate. There's no longer a need for the Negro league museum. It'll get engulfed. All that stuff will get engulfed into Cooperstown. And so there's a lot of levels on that, but I I'm against what they did there because I think keeping it separate actually elevated the, 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 uh, the, the Negro leagues and gave them a story. So I'm a, I'm, I just think it delegitimizes the, the league. So, um, it's a blatant abuse of forgery by man fraud and forgery of not just the history of baseball, but history of America. He's trying to erase the whole damn thing. So there you go. That's what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, Justin, you missed it when you dipped off, but, um, BYU, has accepted a bid to play in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, they're actually going to play this coming Tuesday against UCF. So that went under the radar. I was just scrolling through and go, what is this? And whoa, holy cow. Uh, I didn't see that flash up on the bottom line at all or anything. I think they, I think they deserve a better bowl, but I think the fear is you wouldn't get to go to any bowl because all these bowls are getting canceled left and right. I just wish moving forward we uh, kept a little bit more of a flexible schedule like this. I, I, I kind of like this, uh, just get your opponent or your bowl last minute and go play. Um, BYU, Coastal Carolina game, I still can't get over it. I, I would like to see a lot more of that uh, if it could ever be done. Can BYU still be invited to another bowl game? That would be awesome. Play two bowl games. Because you're playing the first one on the 22nd. Why can't you go and play – yeah, I mean, they could be the COVID backup, so if somebody has some uh, symptoms, they just send BYU in there. That's right. You got the 22nd. That gives you well over a week and a half left of football of bowl games left to where you could be somewhere else playing. I like it. Uh, let's go ahead and transition over into the uh, National Football League their lines uh, the first one obviously there's a game tonight most people may not think it's a big game but it is a huge game in the world of the AFC playoffs you've got the Raiders hosting the Chargers 820 tonight the Raiders are hanging on by their fingernails in the playoff race in the AFC everyone else who's chasing down a wild card are pulling for the Chargers tonight right so you're, you name it, a Ravens fan, a Titans fan, a Colts fan, 
They're all pulling for the Chargers. The Raiders, obviously, in a must-win situation, minus three. Minus three tonight. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. I think the Raiders... Look, I doubted them at the beginning of the year, and then for some reason I've given them the benefit of the doubt ever since then. When we did our preseason rankings, I didn't have them having a winning record. Now I keep trying to squeeze them into the playoffs. I was really disappointed by that loss to, to Indy. I thought for sure that they would at least make that a hell of a game to get blown out like that disappointed me. And they play Miami next week. If they can find a way to win this game, they're still there in the hunt for the wild card. What say you on this game? I think the Raiders get it done. I think minus three at home, but I lean uh, probably more towards the over in this game than I do anything. I'm sitting at 53 and a half. I think it'll be a more higher scoring game. I'd rather take it than uh, lay points. But yes, I am pulling for the Chargers to win this game. I think yeah. everybody in the AFC is that's sitting the top of the divisions or anywhere in the playoff rankings. I hate that there's, that there's not another football game tonight because you can't tease it, right? And I I love getting the the Thursday night football game and teasing it with the college game. There's usually a college game like a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, where Pittsburgh was a six-point favorite against Georgia Tech. And I, I know they're going to beat Georgia Tech. I don't know what the score is going to be, but they're going to beat Georgia Tech. So I flexed that, and then I grabbed the Rams, and, and you know, and the rest was history. But I think the Raiders cover tonight. I think they get the W. I just I can't imagine they're going to lose. After firing the defensive coordinator – now, let me ask you this. Do you have Josh Jacobs on your fantasy teams? I do. Did you hear about what he did? I did not know this because I ended up benching him in all my leagues because I just couldn't trust him. But did you see what he did where he pulled the okey-doke? I, I, I didn't see this until like Monday. No. He put out on Twitter Sunday morning, sorry, guys, I'm not going to play today. And hashtag fantasy football. And then right before the game starts, he put his a finger in the air emoji. Cause he was playing. He, he he did it as a as a prank to fantasy football players. Now the real joke was on him. Not only did his team get his ass kicked, he didn't do anything. I think he got forty nine yards on the ground. So he actually did everyone a favor who 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 benched him because he didn't do anything. He was garbage. But I'm in a situation where I think I have to start Josh Jacobs in, in some leagues. He's been so bad. But they're playing the Chargers. Are, are you going to start him? I am. I mean, what are my alternatives? I'm on a team with Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Frank Gore, McKissick, Frank Moss. Gore. Yeah, I mean, Frank I mean, Gore. Frank Gore, Frank Gore. Hey, by weeks, I had to use Frank Gore to get by because it's all you guys left me in the keeper league on the waiver wire because y'all snatch them up just like I do, so other people can't have them. I get the game. That's how you roll. Wind up with Frank Gore, so don't laugh at me. Frank Gore, if he wasn't playing against the Redskins defense on a West Coast East Coast one o'clock kickoff, I'd be all in favor of Frank Gore. Frank Frank Gore has been splitting carries with with. Uh, 
Carson, since Carson came back, he's actually done decent. He doesn't. He's he's touchdown dependent, but yeah, I I get it. I, I think he probably well, has. Zeke's questionable with a hammy, so uh, Frank, uh, Gore might be. Uh, man, if, he's if, playing if you, the Rams, though. You can't do that. And the problem is, yeah, exactly. The problem is, I said Gore. I was thinking of Hyde. My bad. Uh, I was thinking of Carlos Hyde. Um, yeah, you can't start Gore against the Rams. That's suicide. The the problem is with Jacobs playing tonight. You can't wait to see what's going on with Zeke's hammy and whatnot. Yeah, so I'm definitely playing Jacobs because it looks like I might have to scramble to uh, cover for Elliott. So uh, McKissick yeah. isn't a terrible play in a in a PPR league against Seattle. Well, Seattle is traveling West Coast, East Coast noon game, so possible. Well, I'm also figuring that they they'll probably be trailing, and McKissick is their is their first guy out of the backfield to to catch the ball. So he's not a terrible option. You're not expecting to score sixty with them or anything, but you might get double digits. You might creep up in the in the in the higher in the higher teens. So it's it's not a terrible option. Um, the uh, the next game on the docket: Colts, Texans. I've got Colts minus seven and a half here. Now this morning I see it's minus seven. So I what what do you have in front of you? Well, for some, there it is. I've got it at seven. Started at six and a half today at seven. Yeah, it's well, it's still seven and a half on mine. I, as soon as I log, it's so weird. As soon as I log in, the the, the number changes. Um, man, I will tell you what, I'd be I'd be tempted to take the Texans on that. I think that's going to be a close game. They just played them two weeks ago, and I know the Texans have their injuries and their issues and. But that's a divisional game. Seven and a half, that's a high spread. And, I mean, that's the only victory uh, or season accomplishment the uh, Texans could have is ruin the season for the Colts or the Titans. So, yeah, I kind of like the Texans in that one. Titans-Lions, that thing has jumped up to ten and a half on my board. Looks like Stafford's probably not going to go. I'd say that's why it keeps running up. It's 11. Uh, just moved again. Yeah, no way I I'm taking Tennessee in that. In fact, in fact, they pulled it all off off my board today. It, it, it was uh, 10 and a half last night. I don't know what it is going to be. But, they, uh, yeah, I don't think Stafford's going to play. So have you he, heard of this injury and the diagnosis that they've given? It's it's really weird. Uh, it, it, apparently, it can be life threatening. I mean, how, I, based on just some of the, the the shows I was listening to yesterday, I don't see how a team could wave and sign off on their franchise quarterback to keep playing um, with this kind of injury. I guess he must have got just hit perfectly in the Adam's apple or somewhere in the vicinity, like karate chopped in the neck. Uh, I don't know how it happened. I didn't see the actual injury, but uh, it's pretty weird and wild injury he's got. I, I don't think there's any way the team, based on the what I've heard on the medical, that uh, he's going to be able to play. Is it as weird as the avulsion fracture on his fifth finger on his right hand? Did you hear this? No. So Gordon Hayward, who's played for the Celtics, who who is now down in, I believe he's in a Charlotte now. 
confuses the hell of me because there was an there was a rumor back and forth for like weeks that he was he in Charlotte was he in New Orleans was he in Charlotte was he in New Orleans then I'm looking at his jersey and it says Buzz City I don't know if that's I guess Buzz City means for for Charlotte Hornets right um, an avulsion fracture on his fifth finger on his right hand so boom boom on his pinky got it okay. Let's move on. I mean, well, I'm like, an avulsion <laughs> fracture. I, mean, I don't even know what the hell that means. I mean, that's when you need a doctor's note for work. That's when they start writing the words like that. That's when, when you walk in your doctor, when you walk into your boss and you hand him avulsion fracture, you know you're this dude just made this up. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's when the boss asks you, like, well, what's wrong with you? Oh, I don't know. You can read the note. HIPAA. Right. Can't tell you. <laughs> exactly. Giants. I've got the Giants getting four against Cleveland. I think I like the Giants in that game. Cleveland's going to be coming off a short week, a game where they were tongues were hanging out at the end of that Baltimore game. Giants are going to be at home. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to play. And I've got a feeling that not only will the Giants cover, but they'll probably get the win. That's been flexed to the Sunday night. It's going to be an ugly game. It's not going to, you're going to be like, why did I start Baker Mayfield kind of game? Oh my God! He just lost me the 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 uh, the playoff game in my in my fantasy league, but I think I think it's a uh, I think it's a real thing. Who who do you like in that game? I actually uh, put a little skin on it earlier when it first came out and got it at minus three on the uh, Browns. So I'm locked in there. Apparently, I like how are you doing, sir? Uh, apparently, locked into uh, the Browns there. I believe we got Timus Wooten joining us in audio here as his audio is connecting. Uh, I think I caught him by surprise. He was <laughs> he was looking the other way. I, I let him in because I figured you wanted to say hi to him before we ran to break. Uh, he's he's trying to figure out his audio, so we'll we'll uh, wait. Man, this don't bring back old memories. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get Timus off a iPad in another room or uh, the old blog talk days. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, sir. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for your service, and uh, man, good to see you. You too, Justin. How are you, buddy? Doing great, man. Any better, I'd be twins. Uh, sure. Braves finished better than the Red Sox, and the world is going good. <laughs> oh, man, it's good to see you guys. You too, brother. All right, Justin, what is your walk-off uh, for the day? Never gift your kids a puppy during virtual learning. Wish me luck. I'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> That is a funny, stupid move. <laughs> stupid move. I don't know if you saw that or not, but that's a funny uh, coffee cup that, that uh, Timus has there. Okay, we're going to be back in a flash when we come back. Sergeant Timus Wooten is back. It's been a long time. He's got a lot of things that he's pissed about. We'll be back in a flash <laughs> here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked into CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Manny Ramirez, yes, that same Manny Ramirez is back in baseball. The 48-year-older, former Boston Red Sox legend and 12-time MLB All-Star is scheduled to begin the season on Thursday for the Sydney Blue Sox in the Australian Baseball League. 
Sydney manager Shane Barclay had this to say, quote, We knew there'd be a Manny show, but it's been a pleasure. The buy-in from Manny has been magnificent, and just watching him swing a bat, you're going to enjoy it. There's no way this guy is 48. In 2009, Ramirez was suspended for 50 games for violating Major League Baseball's drug policy. In 2011, Ramirez was informed by MLB of another violation of its drug policy, resulting in a 100-game suspension. But he later appealed, and the ban was reduced to 50 games. Manny is joined in Sydney by Yankees hitting coach Rachel Balkovic on an off-season assignment. Balkovic is the first woman to perform that role in Major League Baseball. In San Francisco, Buster Posey will remain the San Francisco Giants' primary catcher in 2021. And we'll get the lion's shares of the reps behind the plate despite the presence of top prospect Joey Bart. According to second-year manager Gabe Kapler, Posey, a six-time All-Star who is owed $21.4 million in what could be the final year of his contract, sat out 2020 amid concerns about the coronavirus pandemic. Bart is ESPN's seventh-ranked prospect, but struggled through a 233-288-320 slash line in 111 plate appearances. Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Ronald Jones underwent a procedure on Tuesday to have a pin inserted into his left pinky finger. Jones suffered a fracture in the game against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Sources close to the situation says it's unclear at this point whether Jones will miss any time with the injury. He re-entered the game on Sunday, finishing with 80 yards on 18 carries. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the school ball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to School Ball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Ball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing full-stop-making lane-change signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. We got your shelter in place right over here. I'm here to tell you one thing. You ever go whining to the big man again about between you and me, we'll have a problem, my friend. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterback. We'll probably get dinged on that on Facebook. Uh, playing, playing that song, and uh, that's okay. It's worth it. Jameis uh, Wooten is back with us, and uh, excited to have him here. 
and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see him on a regular basis here as he is uh, back from uh, places to not to be spoken about, I guess. Uh, well, never to be thought about again. We'll put it that way. <laughs> You're technically... I went from a heater to a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold up here, McGee. Uh, what, what's the temp there today? That's right. This morning, it's snowing a little bit. Uh, it snowed hard yesterday. Well, hard for a Floridian. I mean, I saw it. So, um, <laughs> and uh, but it's it's in the low 30s right now. But there's a it's white everywhere right now. Uh, yeah, it's cold. I went from like 118, 120 a day to 30 a day. So that's a little bit of a swing. I expect pneumonia any time now. We're we're actually kind of nipply here for Florida. It's forty nine degrees. I'm seeing right now. It's going to get up into the fifties today. Uh, it hasn't been too bad of a winter so far, though. We've consistently been in the in the low seventies during the day, high sixties ish, and then at night, yeah, high fifties, low sixties. So it, has, it hasn't been too bad. Uh, they shut the school down yet? No, for that, no. <laughs> I was fixing to say, you know, because, Florida used. Because one kid, thought, because one kid has the sniffles. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I knew what hot was growing up in Florida until I got to Iraq, and I tell you, Iraq would just tap Florida on the head, and the, you're adorable, and hit hot over there. They're like, "Oh, it's a dry, hot as hot, Jack." I don't care. You might have forgotten what Florida heats about, but my, my friend, <laughs> it's <laughs> ninety in Florida is like one hundred and forty anywhere else. Cause you you take a shower and then you take about three steps and you go right back into the shower. And go, Christ, I'm sweating again. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Kuwait like that. Kuwait actually has humidity. Uh, Iraq just burns the humidity off, but Kuwait's only like 25 miles from the ocean, so there is humidity there. And 110 degrees with humidity, that's that's not fun at all. No. Well, well, the good news here in Florida, if you have any damn sense, if you're outside in you know, like July, you're sitting in the pool. You're not, you know, out there. As I like to give James Forbes a hard time when he comes on to the show because uh, he every time he comes up with some some something to do around the house, like a honey-do list, the more difficult ones that he has to do out in the yard, he waits till July around high noon to go, let's go out there and get this done. I'm like, dude, we had the whole winter in Florida. We got out there <laughs> farting around when it was like 60 degrees. And then now, now no. He, he and I put a, a fence together that's famously been laughed about, about, I guess, I guess that wasn't last year. I guess that was the year before. And we did that in July. And not only do we do it in July, he didn't want to do it early in the morning. He wanted to wait till after he went to church and whatnot. So what could have taken two or three hours in the early morning as the sun's coming up in July took us about six hours. Cause we were taking, we'd be out there for 15 minutes ago. Oh, we got to go back inside. And it was, it was brutal, brutal. We had to build another part of our fence. that was sinking over here the other day. Me and my wife just said, that's our Christmas presents to each other. Cause I feel like if I go out there and try to attempt this one more time, you're, it's going to be a lot more expensive for the funeral than, than it is to buy that new course, fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way more expensive. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, well, let's dive into, you haven't been able to talk sports in a long time. So uh, let's dive into your favorite team, the Florida State Seminoles. No, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Now they, you know, what's funny when I texted you that Hunter Renfro that auto corrected and sent you the yeah. spelling of the, of the of the Oakland player it had not dawned on me 
even though I cover both sports and know both both players very well, because one played at Clemson and is he's always been on the bubble of people picking him up in fantasy football. And then of course the other one played for the Rays. And then of course was a big prospect. And it never dawned on me that they have the same exact first and last name. I don't know why, but I it didn't when you said I thought I, I was thinking that the Renfro out there for a second, like you know, your mind plays tricks on you. Go, well, that's not his first name, is it? And I look, I go, it is. And I'm like Hunter, what are the chances that the, there's two Hunter Renfros in the sports world? That's not a James Williams, right? That's not. Right, it's not Tom Smith, right? right. Yeah. That's not Billy <laughs> Jones. It's you know, when Josh Allen was the quarterback of Buffalo, and then Josh Allen becomes the defensive end for Jacksonville, that doesn't shock you. But Hunter Renfro's, is that a thing? Is that is that like in some Game of Thrones that I, I'm not aware of? Right. I When you sent me the text, I was like, I looked him up immediately, and I was like, well, I mean, good for the Raiders, I guess, but I'm not. A, why is McGee sending me this? I'm not a Raiders fan. I don't even know who plays for them anymore. You know? And then, so I sent you that text back, and you're like, Red Sox, one-year deal. I'm like, well, that's not what this says, man. <laughs> Going to the Raiders? How, okay, that is news to me. <laughs> I did not, did not see that coming. <laughs> the Red Sox better make sure they sign the right Hunter Renfro, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I want to check the spelling. What if that little that? midget of a wide receiver walks in and goes, I'm, I'm already played DH. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's it bring Dombrowski back <laughs> yep stick him back up against the monster and just tell him to go to sleep until it's time to bat and <laughs> just throw himself he's gonna get like uh Corbin Burnson in major league just take one on his shoulder every time he goes up to bat what did you sign oh he he's gonna be our uh pinch runner <laughs> yeah he's gonna be Wally the mascot now so you know he's got the size for it so we're yeah. all set plus all the years I've known you when do I ever text you about the National Football League? It's always about baseball. So yeah, that's... unless it's something like Aaron Hernandez did or something like that. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if it's a good old fashioned Aaron Hernandez meme, it's it's going right your way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, making us proud, Aaron. <laughs> Murder's his favorite. <laughs> it puts all that free crab legs into perspective, doesn't it? It really. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, really, really does. Yeah, yeah. That was some humble pie with a lot. Of <laughs> that was jagged. By the That's way, sick. good news uh, for the on the Florida Gators. Good news for just mankind. Uh, Deontay Johnson is responding well and is now in stable condition at Tallahassee Memorial, the University of Florida basketball player that collapsed. Saturday for people that missed that just collapsed coming out of a timeout. He it looks like he's heading in the right direction. I don't know if that kid will ever play basketball again, but right now we just want the kid to survive, right? Um, um I watched that. He was out before he hit the ground. He never put his hands up. I mean, I I don't know what happened, but I was in the actually in the doctor's office and we were watching it on the news. And well, we're of the same age. The first thing I thought of was Hank Gathers, right? I don't think yeah. we ever saw that video. I think we just knew about it. So I don't know if that game yeah. was actually televised. And then, of course, Reggie Lewis. We're just out of nowhere. They collapse on the basketball court, and, and they don't come back from it. So, uh, um, I remember seeing uh, 
like the picture in the paper. I, we didn't see it. I mean, ESPN wasn't that big when you and I were teenagers or whatever. You just see them like face down. That's right. what I think. Of. But uh, yeah, this was that's it. Doesn't matter. I mean, teams weight falls way down on totem pole. You just don't want to see that happen to anybody. And no, yeah, they they were playing Florida State, so obviously I had a rooting interest involved, and I was locked into the game. I was watching the game. And I went from really competitively pulling for Florida State and against Florida to oh my god, like it, it changed. Like, I, the, yeah. like 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 yeah. the rest of the game, all I could think of is man, I hope that kid is not, is going to survive. Like this is a terrible, terrible thing. And of course, some jackass on ESPN writes a column the next day, and he immediately starts trying to draw uh, conclusions from the fact that he had. Non-symptomatic COVID nineteen back in July, and the, and this could have led to it. Of course, well, thanks so. Thanks for that you know. horror story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, when you're a sports writer, you take all those classes on medicine. So right. exactly, exactly. You know, you know, could have, we put a man on the moon? It could happen. You know. Have you ever had a fever? Yeah. Well, you could die just by walking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you think I'm fat you, now? I'm never leaving this seat. Get out of bed now? <laughs> yeah. You think I'm a fat ass now? I'm never leaving this damn seat. Because <laughs> that, because that's the healthy outlook you want. <laughs> yeah. This office chair is now my coffin. Thank you, America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so the Red Sox go out and they sign Hunter Renfro. It's not a bad deal. One year, three million. You you don't risk a whole lot. The reward could be huge. I really feel like his bat will play well in Fenway. I haven't looked at his splits and see if, how he bats in Fenway, so to speak. But there would it'd be a really small sample size because he was with the Rays for a very short period of time before he came over from San Diego, right? So how how often do the do the Padres and Red Sox suit him up? I like that deal. But the question mark is, are they going after anybody big name this this year? From all, everything I've read, everything I've seen, um, and, you know, I was able to read up on the seven minutes I had internet over there in the Middle East. You know, that's where I'd go to was the Red Sox page. And, you know, with Bloom as our GM now, and everything, it everything's hush hush coming out of ownership and all that. So I don't know. I mean, Bergman wasn't he the wasn't Bergman talking about leaving Houston? Yeah. Well, uh, Bregman. Yeah. Bregman. All right, Bregman. Yeah. yeah. There, there was rumors about that, but all they every time his name was brought up, the next sentence was. But the price tag is the concern. Now Boston's loaded with money, but they don't. They want to get as far away from the Dombrowski way of thinking as they possibly can, and they brought the right guy in for that with Bloom. But they haven't really given like a mission statement as to what twenty twenty one is going to look like. I, I don't know if we're going. I know the one thing they said is what every team says. We need pitching. But what team doesn't say that in the offseason? Because you never have too much pitching. 
Now, we need pitching. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that because we were awful this year. But I don't know. And as far to me, a one-year signing, it seems like a finger in the dam. Like, who – I want to know who the free agency class in 2022 is going to be because it sounds like maybe this is just a stopgap until – so maybe they're they're shooting 2022 instead of 2021. Well, I, you you have to figure a three million dollar deal is not much of an investment, anyways. I know that sounds weird to the average American, but a three million dollar deal, that's just that's not too far above league minimum. So yeah. he's they're they're getting a guy who's cheap that has had a decent career so far. What he's getting is a chance to prove his worth, right? On a big stage, because if if you can hit in Fenway and you can hit, even if the Red Sox don't have a great season, if you have a great season, they may want to re-sign you. Or regardless, you're not gonna because he's 29. He's gonna hit age 30 with the ability to hopefully get like a three to four year deal next next off season. But his bat, his career batting average is 228. No, he now he is he's always been a ceilings high floor is low guy right he's he would he ever since he's been in now one of the problems that i think he's always had when he was in san diego and then once again once he went to tampa bay yes he has a low batting average but could that be contributed to the fact this guy does not play every day he's constantly platooning and I think for a development of a hitter, that is a bad, bad thing. You want to know what you got out of a guy, you've got to roll him out there 135, 140 games a year. And he, he doesn't average that. He averages much lower, not, not because of injuries. It's because the people who are managing him don't give him a chance to, to uh, sink or swim, so to speak. I, it'll be interesting to me to see if the Red Sox say, you're our DH. I would assume that's where he's going to be. Or mm -hmm. possibly left field. Okay. They are losing JBJ, so there, there's going to be some... some, some are they? That was, that was going to be my next question. Did they bring this guy in as a stopgap to cover for uh, JBJ? Because but JBJ he can't play center field. If anyone who's seen Hunter Renfro, he's a left fielder or a DH. He, I, th I think he's fielding at first base as well. So he, he could kind of... Flip it around, but my point is, when you put him in, when when you sign him, are you going to let him pitch against, hit against righties and lefties? He's tended to be a guy that just goes up against lefties, and that is an issue, I believe, in trying to get a, a kid developed. If he's a, can he hit opposite field? Well, that's you, the thing is, you, you got to put him opposite. in there and give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, if. You're a lefty, and you can hit opposite field. You are going to do well at Fenway because you don't have to really get a hold of it. You don't have to get great wood on it. You just got to get it in the air and just let the wall do the work for you, you know? Um, and if they do get rid of JBJ, they just move Benintendi over and put and put uh, Renfro in left field. I mean, we've got strong outfielders. I can't. It's I'm not in a place spiritually yet that I can talk about Mookie Betts being gone. However, uh, and he, he, look, I I don't think it's a done deal that he's gone. What are you hearing as far as 
I think he's like JBJ is what around thirty? Is that right? Thirty, thirty-one ish. Uh, you know, I'd have to look it up. Okay. I, but but he's he's gotten at bats plenty of them, and his career average is two thirty-nine, and that's with a yeah. A he actually hit the nail on the head. He he is thirty. Uh, he'll be thirty-one right after opening day. But what, what yeah. but what brings his war value up that all these analytical nerds love and what's going to bring his price tag up is his defense, right? Oh, my. Dude, center field-wise, and I've been to Fenway, and I've been to a lot of stadiums in my day. That is an enormous center field. And he reminds me a lot as far as being able to run things like Jim Edmonds. Like, if Jim Edmonds couldn't catch it, Nobody could catch it, you know, and that's the way I see Jackie in center field at Fenway. I've seen him do ridiculous things, and no way we'll find somebody as good defensively center field, but Jackie's problem's always been his back. Always, always. I mean, he had that 29-game hit streak, and then he dropped 200 points in the next month, you know. It's they just kept him out there because of his defense. I don't know. I mean, I love Jackie. Now, last He's- year, he hit 283 and seven homers. If you project that over a full season, you're talking about, I guess, I guess that's realistic, about 20 home runs-ish. But you can't go with him. You can't. He's right. so streaked. You can't say he would have continued to do that because he's proven that he won't. Again, but, I love that. But I even- love this. But even with that being said, his war projection wins above above replacement is a six. To give you an idea of where that sits, that is just below Colton Wong at 6.4, JT Real Muto at seven, and then Marcus Simeon. He's sitting seventh, no, eighth overall free agents for war. That's pretty high. So, And he's hitting his, look, this guy wants a, at least a three-year deal. I think he yeah. wants three. I think he would love a four. A four would would seal the deal somewhere. And I don't have the projection of what what that brings, but conversely, if you look at a guy who signs a one year deal on on a on a uh, vesting option, it, the average this year is eighteen point nine million. Okay. Well, look this. What team do you think would give him that? 18? What team mean? I think, I think what you might be able to do, if you're Boston, you say, look, we want this guy. We This may not be the year that we make a run, but we want this guy. What you could do is give him a four-year deal for a little less. So I'm talking about somewhere in the $45 million, $50 million range-ish, somewhere in that area. Maybe even you might have to have to go as high as up to 60. So that brings it four years, but you're only paying him 15 per. And that's pretty reasonable for a guy with a six war. Would Boston go there? Because what you're saying, from what you're saying, you're, you're getting the sense that the Red Sox are just clipping coupons this year because what sales not going to be back till late in the year if if he does come back. And so that's got a lot to do. And then, of course, the big question mark is how is Erod going to come back from the COVID, right? Because when when he went out with COVID, I expected him to play at some point, and then he just never came back. Yeah, his heart started swelling, and 
I bet yours was too. Um, I guess he fell in love or something. I yeah. don't know. I've never heard of that happening before. Get over your fields and get your ass out on the field, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fall in love on your own time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we got Evaldi. But sale, I mean, what do you think? For sale, he had Tommy John at the very, right before the season started. So that puts him back July. Yeah. Yeah, I drafted him. <laughs> oh, thanks. Like, Good call. Awesome. This is awesome. And it's not like he's some Joe Schmo pitcher. Their Boston is going to be extremely careful, so they're not going to rush him back. I think best case scenario is he comes out well after the All Star break. I'm July. talking. I'm yeah. talking like August, and I'm, that's only if they're in it. If they are out of it, he comes back in. August or September for like two or three starts. So it's, it's, a no. and even then he's living in Florida rehabbing right. at the facility. He's going to be hanging out with Dustin Pedroia in Florida. I rehab. think they would bring him back for a start or two, just so that he, he gets that mental hurdle out yeah. of the way. And then away you go for, but you it don't. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause it'll be in a situation where he, it doesn't matter if he just gets lit up like a rookie just so he can get the speed of the game back, you know, and he won't be two years removed because that is an eternity as a ba- for a baseball player. Two years removed from the game, the actual game is a lifetime, you know, and a lot of times it's a death sentence. Now, it won't be the Chris Sale because he's Chris Sale, but you put some younger and experienced pitcher two years away from the game, you never know. And so I think I will have to we'll have to be in it, but I don't know. It, it's so hard to tell what is on the agenda for Boston because they're not saying anything. Ownership told Bloom to keep his mouth shut about what we're doing. He's like, we're, we want pitching, we want pitching. But who have we gotten? Who have we even been in the circus? I mean, who have we been in the circle for pitching-wise? I haven't heard really anything. Well, the one that I keep hearing about is Corey Kluber. Now, he's coming What's off this- of- now, he, now he's 34, but the good news is he's coming off a major injury. <laughs> so, not, only is it, not only is he old, but he's hurt. Uh, <laughs> let's lock him down long term. Yeah, he'll do well in Boston. We love those guys. <laughs> don't don't let that guy get anywhere. <laughs> Talk about nine year deal. Let's go ahead and Albert Pujolsome and lock him up. <laughs> Carlos Stanton. <laughs> Let's go Bobby Benia and pay this guy for the next 40 years. Um, I, so as interesting as the Kluber thing is, because we know a good Kluber has been, my question is, is and there's a handful of teams that are interested in signing him, strangely. But I don't know why, because, man, Corey Kluber, that's the one I keep hearing. I think it would be more interesting to go grab a guy like Taiwan Walker, who's 28. He had a pretty good uh, season last year. He's got a lot of question marks, but you probably wouldn't have to pay through the nose for him either. Which is seems to be ideal for Boston right now. Um, I'll tell you a guy I would have loved to have seen him get, and I don't know why more people didn't go after him. Mike Miner signed a very short deal. He's 32. His war, on on what I'm looking at here, his war is actually just a tick below Jackie Bradley Jr. I want to say he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's top 10 in the free agents this year. 
he signed like a two year deal with the freaking um, with the Royals for I, th- I think it was something ridiculous like ten million dollars or something like that. He's a good solid lefty. I'm surprised more people didn't go after him. But are you hearing any pitchers that that you think they would be going after? I heard things about Kluber, but I uh, never really. Uh, did I lose you, buddy? No, I'm here. Okay. Um, I, you just went black on me, but as long as you can see and hear me. Um, there you are. My uh, office chair was doing this number. It was going oh. up. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> it does it every once in a while, and I just have to go up there and uh, restart it. Uh, anyways. <laughs> I um, think that my office chair saying, get up. Yeah. What? So what? I- so, Kluber, but I never heard the price tag and everything. And thirty-one as a pitcher scares me, honestly. I because I mean that's you're on the back side. Kluber's thirty-four. Not, holy crap! Yeah, he's thirty-four, and he he had something. It was it was with his non-pitching arm, but it, it was like his clavicle or something shattered. He wasn't a non-contact. He just fell apart. He did get all those great osteoporosis commercials that, you know, have been lacking in Boston. We'll put it that, you know, we'll give him that. You know what it smells like to me when the Braves signed uh, Cole Hamels last year to a $19 million deal for one year? That dude pitched one and a third inning. And that's all we got out of him the entire damn season. I know <laughs> they didn't pay the whole 19 because COVID, shortened season, blah, blah, blah. But regardless – he pitched one and a third inning, and they entire season kept pointing to we might get Hamels back, we might get Hamels back. We got him back with like two weeks left, and he didn't do a damn thing. He went out there and got hurt again. That's good work if you can get it if you're Hamels, though. Yeah. I mean, I bet you he's still think- free agent. I bet, I bet you no one's locked him up yet. <laughs> Go out there and get him. You saw what you did. You know, I mean, the Yankees will probably pay him $100 million just to hang out. You know, they do that a lot. Well, other than that, are you seeing anything else with the Red Sox if, if you've given up on the pitching? Or do you think do you th- 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 they sign any big ticket player? Or are they just going to punt this and let the Yankees and Rays w- went away, uh, run away with the division? It's a very good question, and it's a question on pretty much every Red Sox fan's mind. They're just being so, like, there was no clear-cut mission statement given by ownership when they hired Bloom, and especially after the COVID-shorted season, and it, we were awful. I mean, we were terrible. They know we have to do better this year because Red Sox fans aren't going to accept they just got- a blow. I think they have to sign two players this offseason. They don't necessarily have to be big ticket players, but you got to sign something to get the the fan base excited. Yeah, because uh, the vaccines think, are here. You're gonna have you're gonna have fans in the stands, but you know by the end of the season, you got to give a reason for, for them to want to go out there and watch this team. Right, and you know the team they ran out this past year with the COVID thing ain't gonna get it done in Boston. That was. Triple A at best, you know, sprinkled in with our regulars. Adam it, Wainwright's thirty nine. He's a free agent. <laughs> or I hope so. Thirty nine. <laughs> Maybe we'll sign Pujols. You know, maybe he won't retire. We can, you know, we could use another DH in our lineup. Put him on first, like Big Poppy. You know, 
Just listen to him creak. <laughs> <laughs> There's the thing is, if they don't do something, they're going to get blown. They're, they're going to get the doors blown off again in that division. Toronto's getting what? better. Baltimore is getting better. Boston is the one that's going down. They've got a sign, and they can't build within because Dombrowski gutted that farm system. So they they've got, they've got a sign. They got to do it the old fashioned way in Boston. Yeah. You got to spend money, right? Um, what about why Snell isn't a shoe in because Bloom came from Tampa. They already have a relationship. Snell is. Do, do you really want great. that guy? Are you familiar with what he said during the COVID outbreak? No. Oh, it's it's a running joke. Um, he, uh, I don't think I have the whole thing, but I think I got. Uh, well, I thought I thought I had it. Maybe it's on something else. But um, he's got this whole rant that I'll send it to you, um, where he's talking about this is when they were this before they decided they were going to play or not, and there was the infighting on the on the on the contracts on. How, how much, how long the seasons were going to be, how much money players were going to get. And Blake Snell was the famous one that came out and said, yo, I'm risking my life, yo. And I mean, he literally <laughs> talks like that. He's like, I'm risking my life, yo. Y'all don't understand, man. And then if I get the Rona, if I get the Rona, then what happens? I got to get mine. I'm not going to play for nothing. I got to get mine. That's exactly what he said and how he said yeah. it. And you everyone stay in Tampa. went. I think it's better in Tampa. Everyone it's, went. What did we? What is? Is that our guy? What's going on here? He, you know the ownership of Tampa's like the PR guy is like somebody tackle him. Yeah, he 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 was basically saying that poor woe is him has to go out there and play for a third of of his salary and whatnot in the middle of a pandemic where people are are unemployed I, I, and can't find a job anywhere he's 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 quibbling over whether or not he's going to get 10 million this year or just six or possibly five and that's an issue yeah maybe, while maybe while he every day he was on twitch or whatever the hell they call it playing video games and people following him on video games so he's making money off of that and we're like Oh, you poor bastard. You're making more money than the average American playing video games because people follow you because you're a famous athlete. But you want to sit here and say, man, I got to get mine. <laughs> and then if I get the Rona, if I get the Rona, then what happens? You get sick for three days and then go back out and start pitching again. That's what happens. You get the best medical attention in the world because you're a major right? league athlete. Yeah. I bet he has health care. I'm just saying, you know. Right. You notice Trump only had it for about 72 hours, and then he was back to, out there doing somersaults. That's what happens to you if you've got the money. I had it for with military doctors, and I only had it for 72 hours. This cat's going to be out in 20 minutes. Right. So, but yeah, that that's 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 one of the cute little nuggets you missed while you were over there sweating your ass off and risking your <laughs> risking well i'm actually risking my yeah, life actually. yeah see you were misinformed you were fine he was risking his life yo he's the real yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's the, the real hero yeah 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 i was uh i i went in the wrong career field to risk my life i guess you know <laughs> 
The only way that could have been better is if is if he was out there kneeling during the national anthem or something. <laughs> like, all right, that, that's it. That's it. I'm kicking his ass. Let's go. Let's go. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little more baseball and the Florida Gators. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio as I'm gonna try to fix my damn chair again. Hell is filled with people like you. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterbacks. Catch me drive time with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Big news and the big games covered in the Big Ten by the Armchair Quarterbacks all year long. Third down and about 22. As Smith drops the throw, he's got his tight end open, but he's got Carter downfield and he's gone. Michigan leads the game. With a first touchdown on a bullet, a bomb, the Carter, 71 yards. Now State's lead, 7-3. Here he goes. Go on. Ohio State, touchdown. That's that old one-two punch. You take two of the first time and then have it on time. In his career, Lorenzo White, 15 times, rushed for 100 yards in a half. Five of those this season. And second and ten. Long, long throw to Rison, and he's open all the way to the six-yard line. Big Ten football covered in the southeast by the armchair quarterbacks. The weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings. It's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays. The armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. The friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Sing along with us. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. I could kick your ass. I could take your job. Put you flat in the dirt, boy. Yeah. Did you get all that? Uh, we're like, uh, clothed or something. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Customers suck. <laughs> Check this out. The time is right, your perfume fills my head. The stars get red and all oh, the night's so blue. And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love you. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Team is Wooten back with us for the 
First time in a very long time. Just talk some Red Sox before we switch gears over to football. Uh, Teamus, I'm thinking that the Yankees have got to get, they've got to get DJ LeMayhew signed. It's a little strange to me it hasn't already been done. They're they're quibbling over years and money. It's something you never saw the Yankees do before. I don't know if this has to do because of money lost during the pandemic. A, a lot of teams are going through this. And I think we're going to have a long, strange winter with the free agency in Major League Baseball. I think some of your bigger names, we're not going to get them signed to well after Christmas, right? I'm talking about... Remember a few years ago where guys like J.D. Martinez didn't sign until like March? I think you're going to see yeah. stuff like that. Um, they're probably waiting to see when the hell the season's even going to start. I, I assume it's going to – I don't see why it would be stopped this year. You don't have the same issues. You should be able to have fans and stands in most states by the time we hit April. The – I believe spring training should start – should go with all – Go off without a hitch. It's in Florida. It's in Arizona. Florida is definitely a red state. In Arizona, though, it's you know it's kind of turning purple. It's essentially a red state, and they should be open. They still have a red governor, so he it should be open to the public to go to those games. There's been rumors of the Yankees doing other things, but that DJ LeMahieu that's holding a lot of this stuff up because once DJ LeMahieu gets signed. Then we'll start seeing the next big thing would probably be Trevor Bauer. And then that's when the dominoes start falling. But this is taking forever. I'm surprised he has not been re-signed by the Yankees yet. Well, I was reading up yesterday, and Cashman said he is the priority. You know, the two things he was talking about was how he would use Carlos Stanton, and but every time he would he would always revert back to it's all about DJ. It's all about DJ. And maybe because of the COVID thing where, you know, so much money was lost, that's if it's taken the Yankees longer, it's going to take other teams forever because the Yankees just bleed money, you know, and they can afford to not have what they always had. Even a poor man's Yankee team is better than Pittsburgh, you know, I mean, so if it's taking the Yankees this long, this probably is the way it's going to be. And it's going to be a lot of, like you said, that year J.D. took him almost to spring training before he signed. We may have to see that. We may have to endure that. That's going to be kind of an overlap of the COVID, you know, syndrome and everything that we have to live with just this next year. And if so, at least we're playing again. You know, that's the main thing. And, yeah, we would like to have something to talk about right now. But if that's the worst that happens, I think, okay, we can deal with it. But, yeah, he's they're going to re-sign him. I mean, who else is going to pay him what the Yankees will? Well, the Mets. The Mets are talking about stepping in. Yeah. I don't that know. New, I can't uh, remember if this happened while you were gone or if it's since you've been back. But the Mets have a new owner. And... Uh, he is a multi-billionaire. He's one of the richest people in the world. It's also interesting note that he is a diehard Mets fan since he was a child. 
He watched them way back in the polo grounds. This is weird. Russia was banned for using their name, flag, and anthem for the next two Olympic Games. <laughs> Russian kinda... athletes can still compete at the Games. I don't know what the hell that's about. I'll have to read into that later. That's going to start a war. But that's not gonna... a big flag. The Olympics is the way to go. But, I, hey, who am I, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, all, all I can think of is uh, that's going to start some problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we got enough on our plate without going and telling Russia that they can't go go you know do somersaults. Right? It's like, yeah, I, mean, I was just around. I was yeah, you don't mess with them, man. <laughs> I, I got a feeling this is like woke nations going to get us into a freaking World War Three, right? Yeah, yeah. they're going to cancel culture, Russia. That's what sounds like a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> Very simple procedure, too. By the way, yeah, let's. Let's let's go ahead and go after those Chinamen too. Let's take care of them while we're at it. They all love listening to us. They all look to us for direction. So they value gonna... our Western philosophy of capitalism. Let's let's cram it down their throat. Because we're clearly right and you're clearly wrong. It's not our, it <laughs> it's not our fault that you're wearing ill fitting blue jeans from the nineteen eighties, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new show. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that's about, but I'll get into it by tomorrow. I'll figure out. <laughs> they can't use their flag. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Hey, you better take that one down behind you before they start blowing up your email. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is that? They can't use their flag. Is that where we're at now? Cancel culture, Russia. Uh in the Olympics, no less. It's I mean, going to have something to do with. They're still, they're still blaming. It's, I guarantee Hillary Clinton's behind the whole damn thing. It's going to have something <laughs> yeah. to do with her, her still, you know, claiming that you know, that Russia stole the election. Uh, it's probably a mandate given out by Kamala Harris. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. All right. Well, <laughs> son of a gun. We had a good run. What was it? 240 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, well, you know. It happens to everybody, you know. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, so, I just, when, when it comes, I don't think the Rays do anything for agency of importance. Look, if they were, they would they would have not let Charlie Morton walk away on a one-year $15 million deal. I found that odd. I found it not only odd that he left, for one year, fifteen million, but that he signed with someone for one year, fifteen million. He's worth more than that, and the and the Braves got an absolute steal. Now I know that he only had a couple of teams he would go to because he is late late in his career. He lives somewhere in the Tampa area, but considering how close Atlanta is, like he was willing to live in Atlanta for the season, but he wasn't willing to. In other words. Like the Yankees and Red Sox never had a chance because he, he didn't want to live yeah, He wasn't far. a Mariner or anything. Right. Right. He wasn't saying, can I get hooked up on Hawaii? Can, can, yeah. you, know, you, know, can <laughs> you know, he's he, he's evidently one of those rare athletes that has been smart with his money. So he just said to hell with it. But yeah, he doesn't sign cars. But if, but if they let a guy that good walk away for one year underneath the, the typical minimum deal at 18.9, I don't. I don't get where 
the Rays are going to do anything in the offseason. They might gonna, trade Snell to get more components. Yeah. but They have a great system. They'll pull from there, and they always are competitive, and they always beat the Red Sox. Well, they don't beat them, but they always play the Red Sox really well. They're like a gnat at a barbecue of the AL East. You know, you just, you just get, stop doing what you're doing all the time. Right. And they have the pump pitchers out of there, out of that organization. Just pump pitchers out. And so they'll do what the Rays always do. You know, the Yankees always spend money. The Rays produce players. I Well, the they do Sox- a very good job of selling high and buying low. So that's how they they keep it going, right? You know, most a lot of most other teams, Philadelphia is going to do the exact opposite now that Dombrowski's there. He's going to buy high and and, and sell low. He's going to he is. what little left of that farm system they have. He's about to gut it. It's gonna, well, it's, uh, and they knew that when they signed him. So, but, but they're going to win. They're going to win. They're it, going to win. Hey, look at the 2018 Red Sox. Was there a better team in baseball that year? I don't think so. We won 108 games. It works, but it works once. You got to want one championship. Watchgate. You don't Watchgate. <clears throat> okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. You you just can't want like a dynasty with Dombrowski because it's never going to happen. But if you want one championship, it'll work. It did in Florida. It did in Boston. But look what happened to those teams the next year. <laughs> you know? Right. It's. I'll and and I'll, I'll be it. honest with you, in Detroit, when he was in Detroit, he had a couple of chances that I felt like they just didn't win it on the field, but he had good teams. In 2013, when when the Red Sox won the championship, they beat Detroit in the ALCS, and Detroit was a damn good team. And let me tell you this, if Poppy hadn't hit that grand slam in game two in the eighth inning, they'd already beat us once at Fenway. They were up three, I mean, four runs in the eighth inning. And old Benoit came in, wasn't shooting any arrows that night. And if Poppy hadn't hit that grand slam and sent us into extra innings, if they would have taken game two, Red Sox don't win that series. They were this close to going to the World Series that year. They in Detroit would have beaten that 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 St. Louis team. That St. Louis Absolutely. team was just I, I, they were just riding in on a sale of wins and momentum, but they were not that they really weren't that good of a team. So No. They, I mean, they were probably the best team in the National League. What, but they what just, sunk Dabrowski in Detroit long term, if you take the whole big thing, is he gave too long of a contract, too much money to Miguel Cabrera. Other than that, I think he did a great job at Detroit. It just didn't work out. Yeah, Scherzer. All these. I mean, the pitches was ridiculous. I mean, it, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I'm going to go to hell. What's his name? Uh, he plays for Houston now. Verlander. Verlander, I kept wanting to say Ventura, and I knew that wasn't right. He had David Price at one point. Yeah, even Price was there. I mean, doesn't help you in the playoffs usually, but especially back then. Um, But, yeah, that he's good at his job, but you've got to want one. You can't want multiples with him. That's all. And probably get one with him. Okay, Okay, so before we have to take off here, Gators versus Bama in the SEC championship game. You give him any chance. <laughs> this is how I'm watching. <laughs> you give him any chance. They're a 17-point underdog. Any chance of nope. covering the spread? No. 
I know a lot of Gator fans ups, are upset. But... Vanderbilt gave our defense problems. Vanderbilt. Alabama is going <laughs> Alabama is going to dine out for 60 minutes. This is how I'm watching the game. With a bottle, not a glass, a bottle of Jameson in my hand. I'm, sw- I'm not even going. Usually I switch from beer to whiskey around quarter two with that defense. I'm going into it hammered. Uh, just, just well, I don't step away from anything. <laughs> I contend that what happened last week against LSU was just a jump start to w- what the inevitable is going to be this week. They were never going to beat Alabama, right? No, no. And so, yes, they're out of the playoff race, but the only thing that could do is Florida gets blown out. Maybe they don't get one of the top bowls. That's it. That's because losing to LSU, given three losses, maybe someone slides over them. It's a little ridiculous that they're ranked seventh in the uh, in the committee's poll. If it wasn't, it's asinine. We would, it's asinine. If, they yeah, they don't. There's so there there are about three or four teams that should be in front of them. But that's just SEC bias from the committee. But just like people. SEC fans want to want to call Ohio State frauds, and just like SEC fans want to call Miami frauds when they got their doors blown off by North Carolina on Saturday, if you look at the top to bottom, Florida didn't play anybody this year. They had one big win against Georgia. Georgia has proven to not be what Georgia's been in the past. Of all the SEC schedules you could pick, you would want Florida's schedule because they didn't hit, they didn't play some of the the bigger teams, so they didn't have to go through a gauntlet, right? They didn't have to play Alabama, they didn't have to play Auburn. LSU is not what LSU was last year, so this is going to be. I think it's going to be a blowout, and I, I don't. I, we didn't play this year. What's that? We didn't play Auburn this year. No. It was a weird. Was uh, that last? Last year, yeah. It was. I'm trying to keep up, but it was hard. It was hard because one week to the next, you didn't know if anybody was playing. So I, I didn't see any college fo- until I got back in the states. Right. And even then, I was in the desert, so I had to listen to it on the internet radio. I couldn't even watch the games, and so, um, like I listened to the Florida Georgia game at an airport in Germany or some. Belgium or something. I don't know. Um, where we, yeah, it's that defensive coordinator better be packed. Like he tells white, look, box everything up. We're gone. Um, and I thought Mullen was going to punch him during the Tennessee game. You know, he was just, I don't know if you saw him, but he just berated that guy on the sideline. He pulled his mask down on everything. He's probably going to get fined, but he let him have it. He, I mean, I'm not a lip reader, but it looked like if you don't get better, I'm taking over is what it looked like he said to him. And, I mean, yeah, if it wasn't for Trask having this ridiculous year, there's no way we've been this many games. Our defense is terrible. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the unsung hero. Everyone wants to put Trask in for the Heisman. I've been saying all year, Kyle Pitts. It's Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones in my book. Um, Trask is – I'm not taking anything away Trask did – but he looks so much better when Pitts is on the field. It's 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 night and day. So, yeah, he's six and jump like four feet, and it does make it easier to complete a pass over somebody. It right. really does. 
and there's always a mismatch because he technically plays tight end, but he's not really a tight end. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a look. Florida's schedule was this Ole Miss, South Carolina, the A&M loss, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And then of course the LSU game. Is. So that's what I'm saying. Florida's played a cake of a schedule. And so a lot of fans are going to be, Oh, if we just want to beat LSU. We'd have a chance. No, it was going to be over this Saturday anyways. Yeah, you have 100%. a better chance of winning now because Alabama might be sleepwalking through it because they're no longer concerned about whether Alabama has punched their ticket to the playoffs. They could lose oh, yeah. to Florida and they're still going to go. So that's 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 what we lose out of the whole thing is that there's no more drama that if Florida could have won, right? But Alabama, the is, only way, the only way, Florida, Florida's not going to win. But the only way Florida has a chance to make it interesting, they're not going to win. The only way they have a chance to make it interesting is if they play perfect, which they're not going to do. And, and that's in every aspect. That's special team. Uh, like we get a it wouldn't matter. Kick, it, no, we get a kick return. We have we win the turnover game, and by trash, a large margin. Yeah, I'm talking four or five, which Alabama doesn't do. Trask just goes off. Pitt scores like nine touchdowns or something ridiculous. Just goes off, and Alabama doesn't show up. Like mentally, doesn't show up. We would have to. All that would have to happen, which it's never going to happen. Not even one of those things is probably going to happen. But all four or five of those things would have to happen for Florida to have a shot. This, like you're saying, this was decided. It wasn't decided by LSU. When you have a team that has no running game and balances that out with a terrible defense. It's you're not, not going to beat Alabama. You can't no. just chuck it all over the place to beat Alabama. We have seen this time and time and time again. LSU was a different beast <laughs> last year. They put those points up on Alabama because they had hell. They lost like 20 players, the NFL draft. So when you have that much talent on the field, they were able to run the ball, they were able to pass the ball, and their defense was just good enough. That's that's how they beat Alabama. That's how they beat Clemson for the title. But it's just, yeah, it's it's. I don't mean to just rain on Gators fans' parades, but Alabama and Clemson play on a different level than what the rest of everyone else is playing in college football. Yeah. Notre Dame's pretty close this year. I'll give Notre Dame. They're going to have a fighting chance about anyone that they meet in the playoffs. But Ohio State's going to get boat raced, and that's pretty. And that's probably going to be our four teams in the playoffs. I give Notre Dame a fighting chance against whoever they play in the first round. Other than that, I I, I expect it's going to be Alabama and Clemson again. I don't see anyway. Well, you know, you know what though like it or hate it, they are the two best teams in the country. Uh, real quick. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me turn back time and all that stuff, and then uh, we'll do walk-offs. And I want to get your uh, perspective on uh, the, the Tua Tunga Viola uh, situation going on in, uh, in Miami. So let's go ahead and start with turn back time and birthdays, and then we'll do our walk-offs. <laughs> If I could find a way 
on this date in 1983, Wayne Gretzky scores a goal and five assists in an eight-to-one rout against the Quebec Nordiques. His record 800 point and 500 assists ranked him number one just 352 games into his NHL career. And also on this day, Ray Bork becomes just the third player in NHL history to score 1,100 assists. Obviously, there's not a whole hell of a lot of baseball turn back time in the middle of December, right? Uh, every once in a while, one will pop up and go, what the hell were they doing playing baseball in December? Pandemic, man. <laughs> 1919. <laughs> it, was, it was a real so-and-so. Uh, birthdays. It's your birthday today. Uh, he would have been 85 years old. Cal Ripken Sr., American League Baseball manager, born on this date, 1935. So we give a, uh, a somber happy birthday to him. Always one of my favorite people in sports. You know, the fact that he he, he led that the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles... Obviously, his son's one of my favorite players of all time, and I like his his lesser known son, Billy Ripken. He's a Billy lot, I like him a lot on MLB Network. I mean, I, I yeah, I think he's phenomenal. Um, also born on this date, where's it at? Takeo Spikes. He's forty four years old. I feel like that dude should be eighty four. Takeo Spikes hasn't played in like seven decades in my head. But Takeo Spikes played for Auburn. We were just talking about, and then of course the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what is your walk-off for the day? Give me your quick analysis of uh, what they should do about Tua. Should he start? Should he sit? They've got a chance to make the playoffs. I say, you know, it's. I've been a Dolphin fan my whole life since the Marino and Mark Duper days, and all the Clayton and all those guys. He should play. You, we've had nothing. No bright spots in what twenty years now, and if he doesn't, if he does, or he, whatever decision he makes, it's up to him. But whatever decision he makes, this will stick with him to all the fans. If he says no, the fans will never forget it. If he says yes, the fans probably won't forget it. Well, you can't it's, put it in his, his hands. I think Flores needs to be the one that steps up and says. The problem is, it looks like that they're wanting to see how this plays out. And it's good experience for him. Blah, 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 blah. Man, you got a chance to make the playoffs. And I actually think that, that that Miami Dolphin team is good enough to get a win or two in the playoffs. They could make a run at the Super Bowl. That defense is that good. And the beard, Fitzpatrick, he's a decent quarterback. Yeah. Do I, do I think yeah. they could win it all? No. And maybe that's their end game. Maybe they're like, you know what? We can't win it all, so we might as well let the kid try it. I, but, man, you could cause some dissension in that locker room. If you're like, dude, if we didn't have this knucklehead out there throwing interceptions and cowering and getting sacked left and right, we we you, you know we might have been able to do. It. There are guys in that locker room that are they're not rookies, and they're not looking at well we'll be back. They're like, dude, yeah. I've been in Miami. How long? We got a chance to make the playoffs. Put the beard back in, man. What's your walk off, sir? My walk off is I'll make it simple this week, guys. I missed you very much. It's great to be back in the greatest country in the world, or at least the ones I've been to. And uh, 
appreciate you having me back on, Dave. I look forward to many, many more, buddy. It's good to see you. Yes, sir. Uh, that's my walk-off as well. It's great seeing you. Uh, we've missed you dearly. Had a lot of people asking about you, so it's great to see you back in one piece. I think I found the Blake Snell uh, clip. It's a little long, but we're going to end the show with this. I hope this isn't like something that hasn't been edited and it's going to be, you know, if you end up hearing a bunch of clunking and stuff and me me, me cussing my chair in the background, then, then I'm just going <laughs> to go to break. I believe this is the Blake Snell thing that you missed. Bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. And, and, what, and if I get the Rona, on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be, like, the damage that was done in my body, that's going to be there forever. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So... Y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay, like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I got to, no, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay, and that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher and the amount of money I make is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. So, in my head, I'm preparing for next season. And I'm preparing, well, I'm actually preparing for right now. But, Here you are. as if I'm preparing for next season. Like, it's it's super weird, man. More Twitch streams for us, that's facts. But, guys, I'm just saying, man, it just doesn't make sense for me to lose all of that money and then go play and then be on lockdown not around my family, not around the people I love, and get paid way the hell less, and then the risk of injury runs every time I step on the field. So it's it's just it's not worth it. It's not. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Back tomorrow. If I get the roll, if I get the roll. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. Too bad I'm going to get you.
If you haven't downloaded it yet, your armchair quarterback's app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the armchair quarterback's app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that armchair quarterback's app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. Too bad I'm cutting. 